Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is daddy soda time in college football, and it is the College Draft podcast presented by betonline.ag just use the promo code podcast1 so that you get that glorious 50% welcome bonus when you deposit whatever it is that you want to deposit maybe you've been waiting all season for conference championship weekend in college football to place your wager well you know where to do it betonline.ag with the promo code podcast one. He's Matt Waldman, the master of all he oversees at the rookie scouting portfolio. Highly encourage you to go to mattwaldmanrsp.com and sign up to get the emails and the updates and everything, just like the NFL teams do. You can also follow Matt on Twitter. He's a great follow at Matt Waldman. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. I think most of you guys know that Twitter or Instagram, Facebook. We love when you retweet the show or love it on Facebook or like it on Instagram, whatever the case may be. The channels handle the podcast network's handles at rtf podcast we've got three awesome games for you the pac-12 championship utah and oregon the american championship memphis and cincinnati as well as the big boy lsu georgia the sec championship before we dive into those games i will mention briefly Highly encourage you, if you're not sure what to get somebody for the holidays, to go to myfrontpagestory.com. You literally talk to a reporter for 10 minutes, and they write the best, most amazing story ever about your mom or wife or whatever, and then send it to you framed. Looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper. She will cry, I promise. Myfrontpagestory.com. All right, Matt. Let's start with Utah and Oregon, since it's Friday night, 8 p.m., ABC, the Pac-12 championship, we'll kind of go back and forth between the two teams. Let's start really curious because I was watching Utah the other night, really curious to get your thoughts on Utah quarterback Tyler Huntley. Yeah, he's a he's an interesting player because 
you watch this guy and, and while certainly you see the mobility and the speed, you know, this guy that can outrun, you know, the second and third level of a defense, if you can get the corner. Um, but he also executes well from under center, you know, he plays in the play action game with a lot of different drop combinations of three, five and seven steps. You'll see him um, execute a variety of good play fakes and he throws the ball pretty well on the move. Um, and he even flashes what I would call elite, pass placement under pressure, both when defenders are coming off the edge or when there's interior pressure where you can sidestep, slide, reset, and fire the ball into a tight coverage window on some intermediate perimeter routes where only the receiver is going to make the catch. So there's some things about him that if you see him in moments, you can get really excited about some of those individual moments, especially because you see him read short deep to short or outside to inside or sideline to sideline and with that athletic ability and the quick release. Um, but there's some things about him in terms of the feel of the game that really concern me because he doesn't protect himself well at all as a runner. I mean, this is a guy who barrels headlong into defenders at full speed, doesn't know how to slide. Um, he, he's better off diving head first right now than anything else. And that's not really a great solution um, for a quarterback who needs to be able to protect himself and has had a couple broken collarbone and a shoulder injury during his career. Um, you need to be able to learn to protect yourself. And he has kind of an inconsistent feel in the pocket. You know, he'll make great moves from pressure to reset and fire one moment. And then he'll just not be able to read the leverage of the defense or the blockers on the, de on the defenders to find the best escape lane and ends up running headlong into more pressure. And I think a lot of it is that he's just too frenetic. He doesn't, he, he's he's going too fast with his process. You know, you look at someone like Peyton Manning in the past, you might, people might have criticized him early in his career for having nervous feet, but his foot, footwork was always precise, even though they it was moving kind of, you know, he looked like he was kind of shaky. He was still moving precisely. With a guy like Huntley, you see him where it seems like his movements with his body are ahead of his feet. So as a result, when he has to like make, uh, um, late throws to the outside. It's kind of devolves into more of a baseball style throw where his feet are wide apart. And then he loses velocity and accuracy as a result of that. Sometimes he looks to run too much rather than throw when he, when he's buying time, he's outside the pocket and he has open receivers on the side of the field that he's running to. And he's more concerned with organizing them to come go downfield and block when he could have thrown the ball quickly and they would have gotten more yards than what he was trying to get with less punishment. He's a really talented player. So if he can somehow tighten up the technical sloppiness and slow down his pace, which I think is kind of the hardest thing for him, he could dramatically improve. He kind of reminds me of players in the neighborhood of like Josh Johnson, the former San Diego quarterback, who's been a journeyman in the NFL. And then if he, he really starts to tighten things up, maybe you start to approach you know, the the zip code area of a Marcus Mariota or somewhere of a combination of Mariota and Lamar Jackson, where if you fit him into an offense, maybe you can get some dividends from him as a reserve in the NFL. Got it. Yeah, I got a chance to watch him. He's definitely tough and definitely athletic. That stood out to me for sure. What about for Oregon? What about their center, Jake Hansen? I know they've got a pretty good offensive line. Yeah, they certainly do. And we've talked about a good number of those guys on that line this year. He's probably best fit for a pro team that runs inside zone or gap plays. And I think the reason why is that, you know, he has a solid punch. He can land it quickly and he's and working in tighter spaces. 
I think he can move side to side reasonably well in that type of environment. Um, and he's someone that can, you know, where when defenders have little choice but to bull rush him or face him one-on-one, he can anchor, reset his position with his hands, and he'll work to maintain to maintain his footing. And he has a pretty solid punch that he can land quickly, except there are times, though, that, you know, when he's facing NFL-caliber athletes, they often are in pretty good position on him. And I think that, you know, when there's a lot of defenders can cross his face. So when you see defenders stunt or slant inside, he doesn't seem to read or anticipate that very well pre-snap. And when he's out kind of by himself and he's not bunched into, you know, a mass of players in a, in a closed tight pocket, he doesn't quite have that type of lateral mobility, I think, to do great work as a pass protector. He can, um, you know, he's someone where he, he loses position because he just doesn't continue moving his feet after that initial contact with a defender and they work past him. Um, but, he, you know, it seems to me that, again, inside zone gap plays, playing center in a tight area, I think, with some work, with some additional work with on his lateral mobility with, you know, ferreting out stunts and slants and and things like that. I think that he's a guy that can help a team down the line. I'm really looking forward to the Oregon offensive line against the Utah front Friday night. I mean, that's a that's a big time heavyweight mac, uh, matchup. What about safety Julian Blackman? They got a couple dudes in the back end too. That Utah defense is loaded. Tell me about Blackman. Yeah, because. Blackman was a cornerback when he first came to, to Utah, but when you have Jalen Johnson, who we talked about in the past, and a, and a rising and a junior right now, and Javelin Guidry, who's also playing well and, and a really athletic guy, they moved him to safety. And, and he's played well enough at safety at Utah that you look at him and it's 6'1", 190. You know, as an NFL prospect, you could see how teams might try to move him back to cornerback, especially because he has good length. He accelerates well. He has really good acceleration out of his back pedal. So he has good recovery speed or the speed to work downhill and attack on target. So there's really potential there for him. And he plays well as an off coverage corner right now. And he's good at finding the ball. So he's really terrific at coming downhill. Um, and, and I think it also shows his potential as a man-to-man corner because of that acceleration, the vision, the hip flexibility. Um, but right now, he's you know when he played corner, he was probably a little too aggressive at times, trying to anticipate the break or the ball, and that's something that he'll have to kind of work on um, to become a corner in the in the NFL or become a better safety in the league. Um, he is willing to be physical, but at 190-ish, you know, probably adding weight as we go here. But he's still and he'll take on guys, but he doesn't really hold up against physical collisions. I mean, he's going to do his best. But he he ends up aiming pretty low, and he ends up missing more tackles than you'd probably like to see. Um, so, again, I think teams will look at him as more of a cornerback based on his potential as a cover guy, and also because they may have questions about the size and physicality for him to be able to hold up at safety. Saturday afternoon, it's Memphis Tigers, Cincinnati Bearcats. This is a weird one because they just played against each other last weekend and now they'll do it again this one is for the american athletic conference championship i have seen cincinnati uh uh, once this year and a couple times on tv once in person and i'm curious to get your thoughts as the running back guru on michael warren yeah he's a fun player because he's a standout blocker and receiver so 
he's one of those guys that I think NFL teams are going to value him as a potential third down guy. He gets deep into the pocket to set up against um, rushers. He cuts off edge defenders. Well, he gets square. He has a good punch. He's good at picking up interior blitzes. He can really get a deep push into the line of scrimmage and he'll move edge rushers also around the pocket with good uses with his hands. And as a receiver, listen, this is a guy that I, I've seen him. I remember watching him against UCLA last year and at a pivotal point in the game, late in the game, they used him in the slot and targeted him specifically in the slot. He has some shake at the top of his stems. He can work up the seam and attack the ball in traffic. He has a really strong catch radius. And because they use him in clutch situations like that, it just reveals how much confidence Cincinnati has in him as a receiver. And he's a powerful runner. I mean, this is a guy that pushes a pile. He drags tacklers. He has good enough feet to slide away from penetration into the backfield and find an alley downhill quickly. And he's going to run through hits from some linebackers. And he's often the first to attack defenders coming for him, either high or low, uses the forearm and elbow well to, to deliver the first contact. And he shows some some vision and some patience in terms of pressing crease as well. And he has the cutback ability to find those backside gaps. Now, you know, in terms of where he'll get drafted, I think a lot of it's going to rely on how good his speed and acceleration are. And I'm not sure he has the burst that teams are going to covet from an every down starter, but he's one of those guys that you think about Spencer Ware or CJ Anderson or someone along those lines who can do a lot of great work for you and function as a starter on a good offense and deliver, uh, you know, efficiently and be a really productive guy for a term. I think Michael Warren is that type of player. What about their tight end, Josiah DeGuara? Yeah, I like this guy. I mean, the first thing I love about him is his effort. When you, he plays to his quickness. He's a former receiver who can get downfield well. And I, I was watching him against UCLA in the opener when, the safety intercepted a pass at the UCLA one in the left flat with like less than 20 seconds left in the half. And DeGuara was in line at the right flat at the time of the interception. And he ran that safety down from the opposite side of the field to the Cincinnati 33 from across the field and had to kind of work across the, the chest of a defender, you know, maybe 50 yards downfield to even have a chance at the guy to get through a convoy blocker. So I love the kind of effort that he has. And, you know, he doesn't have great length as a blocker, but he sets fast as a pass protector. He has combative hands. He stock blocks and, and backside blocks pretty well against larger defenders or defenders around his size. Um, and Cincinnati runs this side of the field. I mean, he'll kick out linebackers and safeties with a good punch. He can roll the hips through the, the contact. He has balanced movement and he gets chest to chest so he can really engulf and, and handle an opponent. Um, he can get baited in overextending and he doesn't always gauge angles well enough when he's setting up linebackers or safeties at the second level. So when he's heading downhill on some blocks, uh, you know, to the second level, he can get beat there and something he's going to have to work on. Um, but as a receiver, listen, he has really good movement. He, he varies his pace and the length of his footwork during stems to set up breaks. He, um, breaks. He's really good on those angular routes where he can, sell the post and run the corner or do the opposite um, really good head fakes and, and just moves like a, a, a vertical receiver. And he's excellent at catching the ball. I mean, he ca he takes hard hits. He has plays in tight coverage, makes plays over his head, um, really good hand-eye coordination. Um, and I think he has some upside as an H back who can also work in line 
and catch the ball detached from a formation. And I think he might be underrated in this draft. Um, he may never be a standout blocker in terms of physical abilities, but I think he can get the job done um, in what a lot of offenses do. And because of his skills, a receiver and intermediate and vertical part of the field, I think there's some real upside for him. What about uh, Memphis's tight end, Joey Magnifico? Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's, he's a fun player to watch from a college perspective because he moves well laterally. And I think he, and you can see the potential there that, you know, if, if he can continue to develop his game and develop it quickly, he might rise fast within a team to be a contributor on some level. Um, right now you see the potential, you know, he, he has a, he works from the wing as a lead blocker pretty well. And over the past couple of years, you've seen him really improve his footwork from being something that it looks like he's counting steps to where he's moving more fluidly into the crease and developing more pop with his punch. He's an excellent pass catcher. I mean, he tracks the ball well over his head digs out low throws extremely well. Um, he works well um, away from the target in terms of running with his back to the quarterback. And there's some catch radius to his game um, really to come back to the ball and time high points. Well, even though he's not an excellent vertical leaper, um, he doesn't seem to be phased by tight coverage. If you don't wrap him, he's going to bounce off you in the, in the open field and he's going to make you work to tackle him. Um, he's not, a a starting tight end in terms of athletic ability. Um, But he does have a decent first step and some lateral movement. Um, And I think that because he shows some potential to bend at the knees and waist, and he has clean footwork with some of his breaks and some sudden turns with his snaps, I think he can be a good underneath receiver. Um, And as long as if he can develop the blocking, he's a solid cut blocker, has some lateral movement to to shield off defenders right now. You just don't want him in a position where he's moving bodies and, and being the, the lead blocker um, off of the edge where he's moving defensive ends and outside linebackers right now because his stance and angles need a lot of work. But I think he will – he's kind of like a guy like Nick Boyle, an aspiring type of Nick Boyle type of player where maybe he can be a second tight end eventually with improvement and he can give you – um, some help out in the flats as well as a blocker as a lead type of player in an offense that uses two or three tight ends a lot. Let's get to the SEC championship, Matt. Uh, always an unbelievable game. Really looking forward to it. We've talked about some Georgia offensive linemen in the past. They got a good group. They've got a good defense. We'll start with, though, with their left guard, Solomon Kinley. Yeah, man. Have you ever have you ever seen a flood on TV or in real life and you see like like a, a car moving through the rapids and, and banging into something and how destructive it looks as it kind of gets carried off and the speed's kind of deceptive. Well, that's kind of like Kinley moving to the second level. He's 6'4", 335, has a huge frame, but he plays with this uh, super aggressive physical streak. And he, he just has this kind of kinetic energy when he moves. Um, the best way I'd describe it is this. If you ever watch Adrian Peterson closely or Juju Smith-Schuster closely, there are times when they almost seem like they're vibrating like a game piece on a stratomatic football game. It's not out of control, but there's just this high energy to their movement that's kind of on the razor's edge of recklessness. And you can see Kinley move that way at times. He's startlingly quick to the second level for his size. He can work from a double team to a blitzing linebacker, box him out the last second, 
watching them work to linebackers just makes me laugh. I mean, it's just like with kind of that evil glee because watching against LSU and see him track a linebacker 12 yards downfield and reach him, despite the fact the linebacker's trying to work away from him, he just gets there so fast and he's big and violent with his hands. Even on draw plays, he gets, he reaches guys pretty easily. It's like he's a magnet to guys at the second level. It's, it's, I, I definitely have a draft crush on this guy. He's quick to handle twists. He engulfs players well. He can ragdoll smaller, quicker defensive ends and send them to the ground. And there's times he can play too far on his toes and pass sets, and he gets beaten quickly with swipes by tackles with good technique. But when he gets balanced, it, he can reset his hands. He can move tacklers. Um, you know, to a waiting center and then handle a second defender working towards him. And he'll, you know, occasionally he loses his footing on combination blocks. Need to see that a little bit better. Teams will probably want to see him lose a little weight and maybe continue to rework his body. But he moves well laterally as a pass protector. He's one of my favorite players I've seen thus far this year. Wow. I love it. High praise. I'm looking forward to checking him out. What about his counterpart on the other side, LSU right guard Damian Lewis? Yeah, and he's a fun one, too, because he's one of those guys, when he gets into you, he can basically powerbomb you through the turf on poles. He's, you know, he reaches the second level well. He cuts linebackers fluidly. He's light on his feet, too. He takes good angles on linebackers trying to work away from him, and he's also adept at handling twists. He's going to engulf defensive ends looping inside. He needs to get his hands inside a little more often. He needs to get quicker um, in terms of handling quicker defenders because, he doesn't have great length and that's probably the thing that's going to be the biggest strike against him for, you know, for the NFL draft. And that may stick him really keep him as more of a right guard. Um, He anchors well, you know, against defensive tackles. He's good at cutting off defenders well and moves quick to that next gap over to wall them off. Um, He handles swim moves pretty well and can reposition while anchoring when defenders try to go speed to power and he works very low in short yardage. He should be an asset for any team that's looking for, you know, to improve its gap game for a block who can pull, as well as inside zone and duo blocking. Um, uh, you know, I think that he certainly has a future. He just may not have the 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 physical pedigree that teams look for as a, you know, top 50, top 100 type of pick. And also because of the position he plays, you don't always see that in terms of how teams value. What about middle linebacker for LSU, Jacob Phillips? Yeah, man, this is a well-built guy. Um, you know, he's an in, he's probably projects as an inside linebacker for a 3-4 or an outside linebacker in a 4-3. He's 6'4", 235, um, good length. You know, he gets off blocks fast, and he has that wide radius from the base of where he's standing to be able to reach ball carriers working through gaps alongside of him. Um, he processes information really fast too, is, you know, to have that combination of a guy who is athletic, but also trusts his eyes and has range to just, you know, deliver on what he sees. He he's, he's really good that way. And he's a good finisher. I mean, he, he can get into a good crouch and deliver a sound hit. He's not a devastating hitter, but he gets the job done well and he has a good grip. So he hangs on the ball carriers, pulls them to the ground rather well has a good feel for leverage. You can avoid defenders trying to engulf him. And he's really agile. He can redirect fast, play downhill well. And watching him in pass coverage, this is where I think he could really shine in the NFL because he takes deep drops. He has his pads always in a pretty good position when he's moving in space. And you don't see him over-pursuing very much. 
which is, again, a good reflection of his processing speed of what's going on. And I think he's going to do very well working into the flats, covering running backs in the NFL. So I think that he – this is a guy that, you know, when when a team pick takes him off the board – um, wherever he goes, whether it's higher or lower than what the draft stock is going to be for him, it's going to be a good pick, and he's going to be a guy that will eventually start, if not very soon, um, for our team at, at linebacker. Excellent stuff, Matt, as always. So fired up for conference championship weekend in college football. I love it. Bunch of good ones, bunch of big ones. Should be awesome. Bunch of places where you guys can place a bet if you'd like over at betonline.ag using the promo code podcast one. So you get the 50% welcome bonus. Maybe you're not even a huge college football guy, but this weekend is a good weekend to engage. We actually have a bunch of really good games. There's not a ton of games, but the ones there are are all really good, really exciting. Go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code podcast one so you get that 50% five zero welcome bonus, which is amazing. Betonline.ag promo code podcast one. You guys know here on a Tuesday, the Power Rankings Tuesday edition of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast is already posted. We've got a new number 32. Congratulations to that fan base. And Fantasy Feast will be posted earlier than normal today. For those of you that are in the thick of the race for the postseason in your fantasy league. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.